Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Odyssey celebrates Mother's Day. Brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. So much breaking and so much developing as we come on the air this first day of February. As we begin the month. And February is a special month. We, we celebrate our freedom, National Freedom Month. We celebrate Black History Month as well. So we'll weave all of those commemorations into today's show. But I'm going to begin with this story. It's a local story at a beautiful beach house on Rehoboth Beach, Delaware. The first family's beach house locally in uh, in Delaware. So FBI agents on the scene. I, I don't know that there are as many agents as had surrounded the home of Bucks County father, Mark Houck, who you heard first for his first locally broadcast interview from Philadelphia Live yesterday morning. And actually, you know, I know Dom Giordano advanced the story, as did Rich Zioli last night. Actually, I'm going to recommend this off the top here. If you missed the Zioli interview, I'll say it was around 5.20 p.m. on the Odyssey app. The incredible details that Zioli got into about Mark Houck, local pro-life dad, who was taken from his home, arrested, and the jury, as you know, has vindicated him. You heard that here on WPHT reported as it was happening. But we learn more details, and it's chilling, it's reprehensible that this father of seven husband taken from his home shackled he was basically shackled or chained to a a desk for six hours in custody and the treatment of this man who is certainly he has never been even accused of a crime let alone charged with a federal crime and this is something that many in the nation are calling for this FACE Act to be repealed or at least defined because it is being used right now. And think about this. This is our United States government, the Biden administration, weaponizing these kinds of laws that had a different purpose when they went into effect, but now being weaponized to intimidate pro-life advocates. And whether you support or don't support Mark Houck, just wait till they come for you or your neighbor. We don't ever want the government to overstep and overreach in these kinds of ways. And I applaud the Philadelphia jury at the CJC who spent days listening intently, as well as the judge who ultimately said, no, no, this is not happening. We don't see it. It's not, you don't have it. And not guilty on both of those counts that would have sent a local dad of seven Seven young kids, you know, the youngest, I think, are toddlers. He, he would have gone to jail for 11 years of his life? Really? I mean, this is beyond intimidation. And then to learn that there was a plea deal 
They just wanted to intimidate him. And that's why they had all those big, you know, the SUVs and the FBI agents and they got other law enforcement show of force. Why? To intimidate, to scare the heck out of this guy, shackle him. Yeah, get him down there, shackle him to a desk down there. Let him sit. Let him think about this. And then ultimately offering him a deal and saying, hey, hey, we would, you know, just just plead guilty to the second count, the lesser count. It's a misdemeanor. And, you know, it goes away. No jail time. They thought he would take it. But you see, what they underestimated was the faith of this local man and father. And he said, no, I'm a person of integrity and I did not do these things. And my son was there. What kind of a witness would I be? So good for Mark Houck. I just saw him again within the past hour. He was interviewed on Fox News, I believe. So he he was speaking out. And it was kind of ironic because at the top of the 10, I saw Mark Houck, local Bucks County dad, still making national news on certain channels and zero coverage on others. But I saw him speaking out. And then they pivoted to showing the FBI surrounding the Rehoboth Beach home of the Bidens. And you, you think about the, the contrast, right? That here, here is a situation with a man who did nothing. And the judge pretty much was even was quoted from the bench here in Philadelphia. That judge questioning federal prosecutors saying, essentially, this is a pretty weak case, pretty much of a, a stretch, right guys? And the judge, the jury, scratching their heads and saying, go home, you did nothing wrong, exonerating this local father. Then contrast that with what's happening with everywhere you look, everywhere you, everywhere that they're searching. They're finding these classified documents reportedly everywhere that uh, the Bidens have, have lived, have vacationed, the car, the garage. It's almost like a Dr. Seuss book, isn't it? In the air, over there, in Rehoboth, in D.C. I mean, you could... I mean, it would be funny, except for the fact this is the president of the United States of America. And there are many questions being raised here as the FBI doing an active search. I don't think that we've ever in our nation's history seen a situation like this. And now let's go back to what was going on in in Mar-a-Lago when we were told, oh, a former president. And that was historic as well. But. I just, I just will ask you throughout the day, let's see the coverage and let's think back and never forget what happened at Mar-a-Lago and what was being said in the mainstream media with regard to former President Trump, how he was treated by the media, how he was treated by the FBI. And, and now there's this active investigation that at this point nobody can ignore anymore. And that's just the tip of the iceberg because now there is more that's that's flooding out about Hunter Biden. Not that I think this should be focused necessarily on the son, but rather was the son using a powerful father's influence to make money in dealings with foreign governments. And that's where this is going here. It's a serious situation. I think, oh my goodness, but look at the different treatment. And that's why, to me, when I, when I contrast that with a tragedy that happened in, in Memphis, in Tennessee, with those five African-American officers beating a seemingly innocent, by all accounts, young man, 29 years old, six foot three, 150 pounds, 
We are not hearing from, I'm not hearing from any of my sources, nor has it ever been reported or insinuated that Tyree Nichols had any kind of a criminal background. So an innocent young man, FedEx driver, and was beaten to death. And even when the paramedics were called, reportedly this young man sat there and bled for some 15 minutes before receiving any treatment. And so I will just put this to you as as many are gathering in prayer there in Memphis for his funeral. I can't imagine the pain of his parents, his mom, whose name he was calling out, Mom, Mom. I mean, it's it's horrible. And so it's sad to me that in many ways people are seeing this as a racial situation when, in fact, the these officers were are African-Americans, the victim African-American, we need to broaden that and say, what's going on in our culture? Is it a class? Is it a class issue? Is it a policing issue that some police officers who we know were recently hired and don't have the right demeanor? And in fact, those officers saw this young man as something, someone, something different than themselves. What's going on with that culture? So I will submit to you that until we can get past that and say this is not about that victim's ethnicity and it's not about the officer's ethnicity, there's a real issue happening here and we see it happening across America. We have to face this. So I'll I'll take your calls on it, 855-839-1210. But no matter what we want to say, whether it's Tyree Nichols beaten to death or a pro-life dad who's never committed a crime in his life, exonerated by a local jury, put on the trial of his life, shackled, chained to a desk for six hours, then shackled and forced to walk down the hall, and and defamed and essentially slandered by his own government for the better part of a year. What's going on in our in our justice department, and where is the justice? And how is all of this being politicized? And by the way, how is law enforcement, for example, I can guarantee some of those FBI agents who surrounded Mark Houck's home probably looked around at some point and thought, wow, I don't, this is not why I signed up for the FBI. Right? What's going on? 855-839-1210 is the number to call. But the FBI searching Biden's Rehoboth Beach home again in Delaware and we know that they have found these classified or very sensitive documents. And what does this mean in our nation? I'll also remind you that in New Jersey, Governor Phil Murphy yesterday defending his decision to spend more than a half a million dollars of your tax dollars, federal COVID-19 relief funds on what? This new fleet of gas guzzling evil, you know, and I'm kidding, obviously, but when, when we drive one of these big, biggity big SUVs, uh, we, oh, we're, we're sinning. We're evil. We're part of the problem. We're anti-green, anti-environment. But here is Mr. Green himself, and he had spent all of this money on a brand new fleet of these beautiful SUVs so he could be chauffeured around, and his administration as well, they could be chauffeured across the state. Remember, we are New Jersey. (laughs) New Jersey. At moments like this, when I see these stories, ding, 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 I just think of, I know Rich is going to have fun. I didn't hear 
the timing of this yesterday. So I, I had I, if there's any audio, I, Anthony News Twelve might have had some audio on this. If you guys want to check, I I couldn't find it, but I'm now I'm seeing maybe somebody caught up with him. But I know that we can look forward to three o'clock today. If I mean, and there's so much breaking, but Rich Cioli, no doubt, will get his trumpets. Do that great. I mean, oh my gosh, Rich wow. Cioli. Well, how many times? Have you, how many times have you said this right now? What rules for me and not for them? I know. Well, that's just it, and that's and that's what we're seeing. So you know, we we remember Joe Biden, who was blasting Trump. Couldn't imagine it wasn't he with David Muir, who's so handsome and he unbuttons his shirt. You so you can see his two chest hairs, and or was it Stephanopoulos? I forget who has no chest hairs. But anyway, I digress. But remember when <laughs> Biden was interviewed and he just. Oh, this was terrible. This was, oh, you know, how could you have classified documents? And look at, look at now. I mean, and I, yes, at parks tomorrow night, I will have a joke about that because I can't resist. But in any event, you know, Governor Phil Murphy in New Jersey saying <clears throat> this, this was not an illegitimate expense, uh, taking his entourage around and spending all of this money through small towns across the state under state police escort with this brand new beautiful fleet of vehicles pretty many new jerseyans even who probably may have voted for him saying boy this is pretty extravagant right and these are supposed to be funds to help all of the regular people working people in new jersey uh, fight the covid19 pandemic as we come back but he's defending it He's defending it as, quote, News 12 has him responding, it is what it is, which is a saying we all hate, right? So we have that going on. And then locally, I want to bring you to some positive news. There's so much breaking right now, but I want to get to this story of the bus driver in Philadelphia. I think it's a pretty cool story because it's about heroism. And I think there is something about certain people whether you're in law enforcement, firefighter, paramedic, a nurse, a doctor, or, you know, a SEPTA bus driver. I think in some people, there exists this hero DNA where you just feel like, no, I'm going to do this. I got this. And that, I don't know, my brother John has this. He's my protector, big brother, however you want to see it. But this is a report. I'm so glad that the at least one of the local stations bothered to interview this SEPTA bus driver who is being celebrated for what he did and what went right one day in Philadelphia. Listen in. Something came over and I was like, I started yelling, honking, screaming a horn, and I angled the bus right towards her car. It happened at the intersection of Frankfurt Avenue and West Thompson Street on one of DeShield's routes. He says he sprung into action to help her. Now that they're pinned in, they can't go anywhere. And then they looked up at me with like a deer in headlights. They couldn't move, so then they jump out and they just ran. According to Philadelphia police, the woman reported a suspect told her, give us the keys or I'll shoot you. The woman handed over her keys, but the vehicle was then blocked in by the bus. DeShield says the woman reached out to him on social media, thanking him, adding she's okay. It may be a dangerous situation because SEPTA don't recommend we get involved in crime. In a statement, SEPTA told Action News its bus operators receive extensive training on how to handle challenging situations they encounter every day. 
standard procedure in most instances is to notify dispatchers or police. However, some situations require split-second decision-making. Mr. DeShields called on his experience and training and used sound judgment to quickly aid the victim of a crime. SEPTA says after police arrived at the scene, DeShields continued his service along Route 5. Police say the carjacker ran away with the woman's key fob. Police say no gun was seen and no arrest has been made. Reporting at SEPTA headquarters, Katie Catro, Channel 6 Action News. Anthony, I know his family is so proud of him, so we wanted to, to give him a shout out and say great job. So many of these you know stories don't get reported enough, and so I just wanted to celebrate Anthony, our SEPTA bus driver. Good guy, one of the good guys for sure. Coming up, there are some developing stories, investigations, a killer on the loose in the suburbs, updating you on all of that moving forward. And then I'll take a dive into what's going on in the financial world, a couple of things with the Fed expected to announce. Well, I believe the news conference is set for 2 p.m. this afternoon, and then there will be a news conference for about a half an hour to follow. So that'll be during the Dom Giordano show, and that will impact all of us as well. And then we have this story. I don't know how I missed this last late last fall. It was during, you know, Thanksgiving holiday season at the end of last year. It was a Biden administration new rule, Department of Labor that, that would allow fiduciaries to weigh the environmental, social and governance factor, also known as ESG factors, when making investment decisions for our retirement accounts. We're one case rather than considering solely the rate of return and thus incentivizing the fiduciaries and the, for these ESG factors. In other words, saying, well, we're going to incentivize you in different ways so that you are woke. In other words, you're, you're doing things for social reasons or environmental reasons. And if you do that, then that's okay. It doesn't necessarily have to be the best rate of return for that investor. Did you hear about this? So so now it's going into effect. They've been working to block this. Um, I know that at least 48, I believe 50, 50 senators have signed on to this thing, right? And lawmakers on Capitol Hill, there's a real swirl about this. Will they block it? And they're arguing about this. So we're going to bring you the latest on that one. But that affects every one of us. I, my, it's so depressing, my 401ks and investment. It, it's really depressing right right now. I, it, you know, and you work your entire life. And I know for my husband and I, there were times where like, well, if all goes wrong, look at we've done, we've done, we've invested well. We're frugal. We really are frugal. We live in a very frugal lifestyle in the in the good times and and in the lower times, right? And you think that if you did everything right and you worked your keister off that at least things are going to be okay. The fact that this is going on right now in this administration on so many levels, it's another blow to working people. So we'll talk about all that moving forward. I want to hear you sound off as well. This is The Dawn Show, 855-839-1210, at Dawn Stensland with Anthony, with Jimmy. The team's all here. We're going to come right back. Heads up. I will get to your calls in just a sec. Real quick here, though. If you use eye drops, this is a big deal. One person has actually died. At least three others are left with permanent vision loss because of a bacterial infection that is now possibly linked 
to a brand of over-the-counter eye drops. So the CDC and others putting this warning out, a majority of the people impacted used a preservative-free Ezra Care artificial tears before becoming ill. So this is a statement from the CDC and a warning here. Somebody has now died. Oh, my goodness. So if you use a preservative-free eye drop called EZRI Ezra Care Artificial Tears, stop using it. They said that some of these were somehow infected with, um, with some kind of a bacteria that's resistant to most antibiotics. And this is in our area. They were sold in New Jersey and in our region. So just a heads up on that one. Boy, that's horrifying. It's, it's one of the reasons I like preservative-free stuff some of the time, but maybe get the preservative one. You know, sometimes that's why organic might not be the best thing when you're putting something in your eye because it could be prone to getting some bacteria. So we'll follow that one for you. Charlie is on the line, 855-839-1210. Hey, Charlie. I would just like to comment on the, the poor guy that got killed down in Memphis. It seems to be a common thread to me. All these young black guys that are being roughed up and killed by the police, how can they all evade arrest and re- resist? If you just say, that, you know, the cops, okay, take me in. I mean, if the guy had no record or nothing, why, why would he be maced and tasered and all these other things and be breaking away from the cops still, be clubbed and still trying to get away? I mean, there's something that he's afraid of going into into the police station. I mean, when I was a kid and started driving, my father explicitly told me, I'll never forget, he said, if you get pulled over by a cop, he said, for whatever reason, he said, you say, yes, sir, you say, no, sir. You hand them your information for your license, insurance, and all that. You don't give them any trouble because if you give them an excuse and you go to the station, they can do whatever they want to you in there, and nobody's going to know that you didn't resist arrest or whatever they say. Because I had three older brothers that had a few problems with the police. And this I'm going back in the 70s. I mean, I, I just don't understand why if, if they said the guy's clean, he didn't do nothing. Why is he resisting arrest so bad? Why didn't you say, well, I got nothing on me. I'll be out tomorrow or something for reckless driving, even if they would take you in for reckless driving. I mean, if it was drunk driving or something, I don't know. But if, if he didn't have anything, you know, that concerning, why why would he be so uh, anxious to get away? I, I, You know what I'm saying? Well... I don't know if you watched the whole video and it's it's uh it's devastating to watch it but if you watch it my take on it I I watched it 3 times and on this most of the time I would agree with you and I will say my my parents when they taught my brother and I to drive they said you know if you are pulled over and you feel you know find a safe spot you put your interior lights on you put your hands on the steering wheel tend to even take the keys out, put them on the dash, you know, do all of that, be respectful, give your information. That was something that our parents taught us. For this for this young man, first of all, nobody can figure out, even from asking the question, the officers, why they really pulled him over. So there was he was driving in a way that they pulled him over. My suspicion on the whole thing is that it's a case where they thought he was somebody else. That's the only thing I can conclude because from the video that I've seen, he is complying. He he is. And he's saying, guys, guys, you're being, I, I am, I am. And you hear him. He's saying that he's complying. And he's trying to say, what's going on? What what are you doing, officers? I, I am doing this. I am, I am. And they, they just continue to, to, you know, be rough with him and pulling him out of his car. And he's like, what's going on? What, what's, he's, he's, you hear him and he's not, 
to my, from everything I can hear and see, and maybe you're seeing something differently, but it's bizarre. And at one point, then they tase him. He's still, he's saying, I am, I am. And then at some point, I think he thinks, I don't know what he thought. Are they fake cops or they're, they're just here to beat me up? And so I think he realized, he figures I'm not too far from mom's house. I'm going to run toward mom's house. And that's because at some point you hear him saying, mom, but there's something else going on here. It feels like something's missing. But to me, it just feels like he, he felt like he was complying. And, and he, and you hear that initially, guys, guys. But the incident report says he was, quote, driving recklessly at a high rate of speed. That was the incident report. That's the, the allegation. And so I, I don't know what to report sometimes. Sometimes I, I think in this upside down land, are we, is it possible that we're not being given the whole story? Sure. Absolutely. But I have to report it in a, in a way that I believe is fair to you and, and just give you my take on this. I, I don't know what the heck to think. I will just say to you, after some point, he is like a rag doll. No matter what happened, he, he's like a rag doll and they continue. And it's tough to watch. And they're kicking him in the head and beating him. And then they finally call the paramedics. And you can see in real time, 15 minutes goes by. And he's bleeding badly from with a head injury. And and still, the paramedic finally goes. I think that's why the two EMTs are now in trouble. I don't. I, they're not charged, but they're they they were fired. I don't know if I'm answering your question, Charlie. Are you still there? Um, but in any event, it, it's it's horrifying to watch. And everybody in law enforcement that I know, and many of you have called in. We had a local police chief sound off on it. Uh, nobody in law enforcement thinks this was effective policing. It it goes against all the training that anybody in law enforcement ever has. The fact that even even though he's saying, "Hey guys, what's up?" You're trained how to deal with somebody like that, and he went. They went against all the training, and now we're learning that at least two of the former Memphis police officers charged in the death of Tyree Nichols, whose funeral is today, they were previously reprimanded for not filing required paperwork after being accused of forcibly arresting individuals. And remember, one of the um, former fired officers who's now charged with murder charges worked as a a prison guard and was accused of beating somebody badly. Ed is on line three. Hey, Ed. Hey, how you doing? Good. It was a personal thing between one of those police that did that. But that's not that when when you say why did he just rush? He was on the ground, right? They had him. Yes, I, 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 I know because I've been on the show for a long time, and I can tell you this: it happens all the time. You just don't hear it on the news. But that, this is nothing new. But I just hope this guy family get justice for what happened to their son. Because that that was tragic. What happened? It was. That's all I got to say. Thank you, right. Ed. Bye I appreciate bye. you, and I I thank you for calling and. It was a, a lady, a grandmother, who called in yesterday who identified herself as an African-American lady with a, her husband, um, and now they're, they're a retired couple, but talked about her son, her grandson, and some of these things. I just think we have to have the conversation about what's going on and whether we want to say it's cultural, whether we want to say it's a lack of training, and that, and that is the common theme that I hear from law enforcement officers who are experienced 
and they say this is this is, a, is an example of a, a department where they did not have proper training. They lowered their standards to hire individuals who never should have been hired in the first place, who had a history of violence and clearly did not have the temperament for law enforcement. But I will still say to you, you know, take a look at the video and and just look at it for yourself. I can't even imagine the pain of this family to, to have to watch it. And mom has said, um, Tyree's mom has said she did watch it. And repeatedly, he's calling out mom, and he's dying. I mean, it's horrific. So there will be justice for the situation. It's all going to come out. Whatever happened, it will all come out. And the only thing that I can pray for is that we, we as a society can wrap our brains around it, learn from it, and move forward and become better. Because we need police, we need, and we need to have police respect and support. And this goes against that. And and now for the media and partisan politicians to try to rip apart communities and just say that all police, all police are like this and that all police are against uh, the African-American community, that's a lie. And that's not fair and that's not productive. So we have to set up a system within policing even that you have supervisors, you have trainers right, who, who guide these young men. There's a story I saw on the Philly Trib today. It was talking about, it was a great story about a push for hiring teachers because we have t- teacher shortages across the country here in Philadelphia. But it was a wonderful article about a young younger African-American teacher who's really beloved by his students. And they talked about the fact that they get such a great response from African-American educators and teachers who they've hired. So they're not, it's not necessarily, oh, we have to hire all of one ethnicity. What they're saying is they've noticed with children, particularly uh, young, you know, boys or young men who are African American and how they need those role models. And they want to see somebody who looks, you know, you say, looks like me, who's the teacher at the head of the class, who you love, who you admire. I know with my own boys, they love their, all their teachers, but, but those male teachers who are younger and energetic and brilliant it's wonderful to have those role models so i would say yes we need to have those recruits who are of course qualified but when we have that situation where we think about who we're going to hire whether it's in education or whether it's in law enforcement those role models in the community that's why i support the police athletic league my son volunteers for them weekly it's important and these are the conversations we've got to have we've got to find something positive to unite us when something so tragic is unfolding and the funeral today in Memphis. You know, the new year has arrived. What a great time to find that new or certified luxury vehicle. You know, you've been wanting it. You deserve it. You've worked hard for it. My friends from Piazza Premium Automobiles, they're here to assist you in your unique vehicle search throughout the region. Yeah, the tri-state area. The Piazza Premium family features dealerships across Pennsylvania, Delaware, and now New Jersey, and their newest location, Mercedes-Benz of Atlantic City. So find your Land Rover, Jaguar, Porsche, Porsche, Alfa Romeo, Maserati, or Mercedes-Benz at PiazzaPremiumAutos.com. It's P-I-A-Z-Z-A, PiazzaPremiumAutos.com, and make 2023 a premium year. Make sure you tell them Dawn sent you. Local stories as we cover the breaking news this morning, 
so much happening. Local story in Rehoboth, FBI agents at the home surrounding and searching the Biden's Beach House in Rehoboth, Delaware. Have they found classified documents, more documents? And what sparked this morning's search? Those are the questions and controversies swirling around President Joe Biden this morning. The Associated Press reporting that the U.S. Justice Department is now scrutinizing a pioneering uh, program which some see as a problematic artificial intelligence tool. It's used by uh, one Pennsylvania County's Child Protective Services Agency. The algorithm designed to predict a family's risk level and guide follow-up investigations of child welfare calls. Wow, what could possibly go wrong in that one? We'll look at that moving forward. I want to get to your calls, 855-839-1210. Victor is on the line. Good morning, Victor. Good morning, Miss Down. How are you today? Good. How are you? Good. God bless. Um, um, you mentioned about the Mississippi situation. Yeah. Um, the only problem Memphis. I have with uh, Memphis, I'm sorry. Um, I noticed, as you guys know, uh, only the sharks come out when the, uh, I'm going to put it like the sharks, like um, what's his name, Ben Crump, and all those guys, they come out only in situations like this. This, this has been the biggest problem I've been having with, um, I guess I, I guess he's probably just a civil rights attorney. Um, he, he should be bigger than that. But um, my problem is, is that in situations like this happen mm-hmm. with hundreds and hundreds of murders that occur, each and every year throughout this country of black, whoever, white, whatever, people being murdered in the city, no one is coming out and protesting against that. I am utterly disturbed about it very much. And um, I don't know, what, what what can we do about it? What, what, who can we, who can we get to, to defend those people? You know, I'm not... Um, trying to downplay by no means downplay, you know, the situation the young man got killed. It was, they should be punished. Actually, I look at it as almost worse than um, the uh, Chauvin thing. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I, 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 yes, I, to be very honest with you, I really do. Um, um, my heart, bled. he looked like a really nice young man, really did like a really nice young man that was totally uncalled for, but they're not, they're not going after the black cops like they were going after. And I got a pride. And, you know, yeah. you know, we, we are, we are based in this country and we just keep adding fuel to the fire with, with so-called racism. And I don't see it. You know, my grandma used to say, if you keep telling yourself, telling yourself a lie, you start to believe it. So basically that's where I see it, but no one never comes out of these 500 something murders that at least we had in Philadelphia. Where are the activists for those, the young kids, the young mothers that was brutally murdered and just, just, I can, you know, and go on and on and on. No, no one's coming out for that. I, I just don't, <laughs> I know it's all political. Yeah. You know, I know the situation is political, but you know, we gotta, we gotta find a way to stand up for those other, you know, other hundreds and hundreds of murders that are occurring and, and, you know, we're not, um, not, you know, like I said, not 
saying that the young man shouldn't have got the publicity that he got. Of course, like I said, they should be in jail, <laughs> at least all, one of them, all of them, 20 years plus, they should be in jail, and maybe longer than that. That was despicable, in my sense. Yeah, it it's tough to watch. It's tough to, to accept and imagine. And to your point, Victor, you know, thousands of, think of the thousands of people, and a lot of them, young people and kids shot, let's say amid the pandemic, if you even look at the past less than three years, and then hundreds, about 500 a year or more of people, their lives taken from them in different situations. And you're right. I think we're not looking at this in the way that you, we should. You know, we should we should just truly God. try to solve it. Nobody, it seems like nobody's really trying to solve it. They're, they're trying exactly. to politicize it. It's so frustrating. Exactly. Nation, nationwide, it's about over thirty to 40,000 murders throughout the country and in, in, in their cities, at, at least thirty to 40,000 every year. If you told them up from city to city to city and, and no one seems to care about that at all. Yeah. yeah. Victor, points where, well where taken. are we going with this? Yeah, that's right. Where, where are we going with it? And we have to, we just, we, the people have to be smarter than allowing partisan politicians to raise money and pimp our feelings and all of that. Victor, I thank you for your call. You know, there's just so much breaking, whether it's locally um, I'm looking at the officer of the the office of the controller in the city of Philadelphia, um, Christy Brady, who's the acting city controller. And those latest stats, as I'm thinking about what Victor is talking about with fatal shootings, carjackings, the, it's it's tragic to see our beautiful city and our neighborhoods ripped up by this, and we're not taking the correct approaches. And I have to wonder, as the House Judiciary Committee is now beginning those committee hearings and especially looking into the border situation and the lack of a, a secure border at the and you know what i'm hearing some feedback i don't know what's on but anthony if you can hang that up thanks but if we think about this and i'll just say this for you is it that nobody really wants to to acknowledge what's happening in the big picture and i keep asking and every once in a while we get we get just a smidge of somebody admitting this, right, with, with the gang activity. And so the question is, has that southern border and the lack of security there, that it's essentially wide open, is that, what's the word I'm looking for? Is that, you know, emboldening these gang members who either, either were already here and they're able to just cross whenever they want, and it bolsters them, essentially. And my feeling is, as I talk to law enforcement at all different levels, the answer is yes. Yes, of course. That maybe we're in Philadelphia, or you look at Chicago, you look at across the country, and even in places like Pittsburgh, okay? And you think about the, gang, the level of gang activity, and then look at what's happening at the southern border. There's a natural, right? It's a natural progression to say, yeah. Yeah, this is all connected, that you have this easy-peasy way that you can get across the border, whether you want to say they're people coming from 100-plus other countries, whether they were already here, but it's bolstering the gang, drug, violence, culture that we're seeing. It's supersizing it, if you will. And we need to have, everybody needs to just open this up. The problem is that certain cities, mostly Democrat cities, right, who support President Joe Biden, I think they're hesitant to say what's really happening. 
in real time. And so we're not warned about it. And then the local media doesn't cover it. It doesn't fit the narrative. And we have to stop already with worrying about a narrative. We should worry about the safety of our communities and just say to the media, to partisan, on both sides, by the way, partisan politicians who are hypocrites when it comes to certain different issues. So that's my take. 855-839-1210. I'm going to take a quick break. We're going to turn around some of the audio that and some of the the opening speeches that are just ha- that just happened within the past oh, less than an hour on Capitol Hill, and then I'll bring you to the local connection to what's going on, whether it's Biden, whether it's the border, whether it's your four 401k. There's a lot of activity here, and it matters. We're all going to feel the effects. Coming right back. Before I get to the latest developments, certainly we are curious as to this search. With the FBI searching President Biden's Rehoboth Beach home, follows a 13-hour top-to-bottom review of his Wilmington, Delaware home that happened January 20th. So what's up with that? We're following it. When it gets to your calls, 855-839-1210. Joanne is on the line. Hey, Joanne. Hi, Dawn. Um, thanks for taking my call. Of course. Um, well, you know, my I was thinking about this, you know, poor felt this poor young man that was killed in uh, by the policeman in Memphis. And it just seems to me part of, you know, Soros's plan to destroy our cities. I don't think it's out of the realm of possibilities that this was all set up to cause chaos to, uh, you know, to push ahead the agenda of minorities being mistreated. And um, it, it just would seem, you know, unbelievable that that could happen. But, I mean, t- today, things are happening that we could never possibly imagine. And that is, to me, part of Soros's, uh plan is to destroy our cities, destroy our cities. And Memphis was just next on the list. Oh, well, that's horrible. That's yeah. I mean, I hope that's not true. I don't. Sometimes, Joanne, I think it it really is. It's upside down land, and you don't know what to think when you see exactly what's happening. You know, and what's happening, and the reaction, and what the media chooses to cover. Mainstream media, obviously, I'm talking about what they choose to cover and what they completely ignore, which means. The, the majority of the country does not even know, is not even aware of what's going on. So thanks, Joanne, for the call. I yeah. appreciate you, and, and we'll continue to follow it. We're watching very carefully what's going on with this FBI search. And as well, and I'll, I'll you know what, I'll save it for the 11 a.m. hour real quick because we want to talk about all of these breaking news developments that are happening with some announcements with regard to the border um, misuse, allegedly, of COVID money, big bucks. Where's the money? Show me the money, as is the famous statement, and so much more. Oh, I, are you guys coming out? Is everybody coming to parks? I, I'm hearing from Mike I'll Baldini. Be there. You'll be there? I will be there. Thank you, Aunt. Thank you, Anthony. So we've got this big night tomorrow. My husband, Larry Menti, has been... He's actually funny, and he actually has done stand-up comedy. Larry Menti. Yeah, he's actually Big a good writer. guy. Look at that. What? So, wait, what time is it again, Dawn? Name me a time. <laughs> <laughs> so it's tomorrow night, Parks Casino. It's at the. And if you don't want, to, if you don't like to gamble, that's okay. 
you could just go to the Parks Casino Club 360. So it's there's in, good it's food, good drinks. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's nice. We have a fun, comfortable chairs. We have a, a fun group that we're all going to come out, have a night of laughter. Joe Conklin's comedy night. MC Mike Baldini is going to be there. Mike just he had texted me just a few tickets, I, maybe two or f- I'm not sure. I got to ask him again how many are left. Exclusive event, yeah. Get Exclusive. get on there. You go on the parks website. I know you're saying some people had a hard time. If you go to entertainment and Club 360, then you'll see Joe Conklin, and you could click that and click get some tickets. Picture. Yep. Yeah, because we say it's parks b a r x casino dot com slash comedy. If you're having a tough time with that link, do what Anthony said. Go to click on Joe Conklin's picture. But it's tomorrow night. It's Groundhog Day, Thursday, February second, Club Three Hundred and Sixty, Inside Parks, Double Trouble, Two Funny Ladies, Showtime, and Dry Bar Comedy. Julia Scotti, special guest Anita Wise. Twenty bucks for your ticket. That includes your first drink, so it's quite a deal. Doors open. I'll be there at seven o'clock, and we're gonna have a lot of us from our team. I'm also trying to drag out Larry. I still don't know if Larry's gonna come out. Oh, I'm like come you gotta on. come on, Larry. We work at what time? And he's thinking about not. Come on, Larry. <laughs> So worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Odyssey celebrates Mother's Day. Brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Please come out for parks and gambling problem 1-800-GAMBLER. Odyssey celebrates Mother's Day, brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time, baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did.